You are listening to Turn the Dial with your co-hosts, Scott and Renee Comey. And today, we're going to be discussing a fresh perspective on building a database. You've heard it's important to build a database before. Maybe you've started one. Maybe you have one. Maybe you don't have one at all. This will be a great episode, whether you have a database to improve on it or whether you have been reluctant to create one. So, Scott, why should you have a database? Well, there's lots of reasons that I can think of, but, but honestly, you know, we have clients, a lot of us that we sold homes to, and those clients want us to stay in touch with them. They don't want this to be a transaction that you just walk away from. They Mm -hmm. want us to send them relevant information as a homeowner or a potential homeowner in the future, right? Um, To send them relevant information about that home. Um, And then the second reason is because we have a lot of other people that want to refer us business. Did you know that you've got friends and family and neighbors and past coworkers that want to refer you business? Yeah, that would want to support your success. Yeah. So those are kind of my two main reasons because of our past clients want us to stay in touch with them and we have people that want to refer us business. Okay. So there's kind of two elements there, right? If we're an experienced agent or loan officer, we have past clients. If we're inexperienced, we don't. Let me start to the experience to, to share a little um, uh, statistical information from National Association of Realtors. In 2020... Uh, 91% of buyers responded that they would use their realtor again or recommend their realtor to another person. Mm. And 74% of sellers said they would definitely use the same agent again. So that speaks to if you have clients you've worked with and you aren't keeping in touch with them, you are really disappointing. Your, your client expects to be hearing from you because they expect that they've already devoted this time into learning how you work that they're going to want to be able to use you again. So they they want you to keep in touch. No, absolutely. I love that. And so think about this uh, real quick before we get into the next part of this uh, episode. If you're a brand new agent, you're going to be focusing all of your efforts on putting people into your database that can potentially become advocates for you, right? And, and to do that, you've got to find a way to demonstrate that you're good at selling homes before you actually sell a home, right? And, and we're not going to get into the weeds on that part of, on this episode, um, but that would be the main pers- type of person that you want to get into the database is people that can be advocates for you. And that will come up again in our episode, but I just thought that was such a cool distinction you pointed out, Scott, that you know, so many times we think our database has to be someone that we've already done a transaction with. But your database is really a list of relationships. Absolutely. So when we are coaching people or talking them through this, we hear all the reasons why someone doesn't have a database or doesn't have a database that's the size they wish it would be, right? So we wanted to bring that back to mindset before we go into how do you actually grow your database if, it, if you are new, sometimes we, we have a negative mindset to begin with because um, we just don't know what we don't know. Sometimes if we're experienced, we feel like we know something, adjust enough to be dangerous, right? And so we get into these limited beliefs. Um, and so there's several that we hear, right? Uh, we hear the, I don't have time. I don't have time to create a database. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I hear, I don't know that many people. Yep. I've got, uh, you know, I've, I've heard my database is too young, like from an age perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody that I know is fresh out of high school or fresh out of college. They can't afford to buy a home. 
Uh, and so you, you've got to stop thinking in terms of that specific person's situation, which by the way, you don't know their situation. Do you actually know their bank account? Yeah. Do you know how much they get paid? Yeah. Do you know who they're married to or dating, yeah. right? Or, or who their parents are because there's co-signer situations. I mean, <laughs> come on, right? Yeah. So that's one. And then also, uh, you know, my friends can't afford to buy a home. Um, they know another real estate agent, right? For sure. Everyone I know is already in my database. I mean, we can go on and on and on. You might have some others that popped into your head. But if one of, if you're having a limited belief that's saying something about, I cannot be successful, I've tried to be successful in the past, it didn't work out, or I'm too scared to try because I just know it's not going to work for me, I want you to challenge yourself to think about that, that excuse, that belief, that whatever that is that's stopping you, and take a moment to think about that in the reverse, right? Flip it over. If it's a limited belief, we want to rewrite it unlimited. And an example I'll give for you, it could be an affirmation. It could be something like, I'm going to meet someone today that I can add value to with my business. But something I heard from a speaker just this last week that I loved is a lot of things can be rewritten unlimited by just adding the word yet. I don't know that many people yet, right? Mm. Doesn't mean you haven't, you can't, you just don't know them yet. That's okay. We could figure that out. So I don't have time yet. <laughs> What's an example for you, Scott? Do you have one where you could help someone rewrite? Uh, maybe it's that youth one. No one in my database is old enough to buy a home. How well, would you flip that script? Well, my favorite one that I hear a lot as a limiting belief is my friends and family don't want me to bother them, right? Mm. They don't want to be oh, sold to. Yeah. They, I don't want to come across as a pushy salesperson. And I believe, I believe that if you can internalize the thought of they absolutely want you to reach out to them because they're because they are your friend and family. They want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. It's to me, it's just the opposite, right? And so, but that's what we talk about when we when we talk about changing your mindset yeah. is you've got to write it in unlimited in an unlimited fashion. If I reach out to my database, I'm going to get a bunch of referrals because my friends and family want to see me massively succeed in this business. Yeah. Right. And, and I'd say that's a great argument. And if you're still in your head going, yeah, but they just don't want me to bug them. They don't want to be a bug them. Ask them, say, Hey, you know, I, I really love supporting you and your goals, right? I love when you share your goals. I like supporting you if that's true. I mean, hopefully that's genuine for you, but it is for most people. And I really appreciate that you support my goals. How can I best help you to understand what I do or what does a good referral to me look like? right? Ask those questions. You know, what kind of information do you want me to provide? What do you feel like you'd like to see from me? Ask people those questions. It's okay. You know, do you, do you appreciate getting something in the mail from me or do you prefer an email? So you don't have to feel like you're a pushy person. Yeah. And if you're more of a relational person, then you won't pass judgment on anybody for any reason, right? And so I looked at it as this is an opportunity for me to Meet somebody new potentially, mm -hmm. put them into my database. You've got to have a, a good CRM that can stay in touch, help you stay in touch with them, right? And then you're going to continue to build that relationship with that person. And we don't know how many people they know. For sure. Right? And, and if we treat them right and we truly care about them and help build that relationship with them, they likely will, will refer us business. I'm going to give you an example. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. My top three referrers 
when I used to sell mm-hmm. was a retail person, a person that worked at a retail store, mm-hmm. a hairstylist, and a stay-at-home mom. And I think that somebody could, if listening to this with a limiting belief, could pass judgment on any one of those three because of their job title or because they're a stay-at-home mom and, you know, they don't make much money so they might not ever buy a home or they make no money, right? Because they're a stay-at-home parent. Mm. But, but again, this stay-at-home mom knew a lot of people that she networked with because she was at home a lot. Yeah. And, and I built a great relationship with her and she referred a lot of business over the years. So... Well, and on that note, right, just stop overthinking it. If you find that you are qualifying why you will or will not talk to someone, just knock that off, right? I mean, we've all heard the story about the person in a jeans and t-shirt that walks into a car dealership and they don't give them a time of day and then they walk into the next one and buy a $200,000 car. Do not prejudge people. Just stop overthinking it. Just think about the relationship before you think about the transaction, You don't care if that individual ever buys or sells from you. You want to make sure they value you and that you put enough value to them in your relationship with them that when they're chatting with someone and they hear of someone who needs a realtor, you are the first person they think of. So if you stop overthinking that individual and just start focusing on how can I provide value to everyone I meet, you will deliver an abundant database. You'll, you will have an abundant business. You will have your couple runneth over. Yeah. And I'm going to say this too about advocates, right? Ad, and advocates, when I say advocates, I'm talking people in your database that really do truly care about you and your success. Those advocates are working when you're not working, mm. right? That's what I love about it. That's what high producers have figured out differently than, than like just typical agents. Mm-hmm. The unique salespeople in this business have figured out that if I go out of town for a week on vacation to go recharge and relax, my advocates are still talking to their coworkers and their neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm likely, well, a lot of you guys can attest to this that are listening, that we tend to get a lot of referrals when we're on vacation, right? I actually think that we get the same number of referrals, but because we're not paying attention to the rest of our business while we're on vacation, those referrals are like a a bright light shining through, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming through super clear. So we've got a little bit of a cloud to work through when we're not on vacation because we might be missing opportunities there. Yeah. So, so go back to your mindset, go back to your limited beliefs, think through these things, make sure you have an affirmation around this. And I love the one Scott pointed out that, you know, people want to hear from me. And you can take that a step farther. People want to hear from me because I provide the right education to them so they can make intelligent, informed decisions. Or people want to hear from me and work with me because I am a skilled negotiator and I have proven metrics I can show them. So pick what you are, you know, what skill set you're passionate about. Put that into your affirmation and you're going to let that shine through in confidence as you go into these conversations with people. Why do they want to know you? And if you can't figure out what that is, maybe partner with someone. Maybe there's someone really close to you and you can say, would you refer me? And when they say yes or no, say why? And find out that answer. Say, I'm, I'm a big kid. I got tough skin. Lay it on me. What is it? Because that'll help you know how you're perceived in the marketplace and where you need to start. Yeah. And before we get to the second half of our podcast today, Renee, I just wanted to point something out that I think is valuable to share. Some of you may be listening saying, I don't need to worry about listening 
too hard to this episode because I already do 90% of my, my business by referral, right? Mm -hmm. I hear this a lot from agents. Oh, I do most of my business by referral, so I'm good, right? But I, I would argue that most of those people don't truly grasp having a database and working it by referral. And so here it is. You can have somebody that, that uh, does 90% of their business by referral and they closed six deals last year, 90% is only five versus an agent that closed 50 deals last year and 90% is 45. That person is working a database, sure, sure. right? They've got a proper database. They understand this concept deeply and they're not just relying on business cards being handed out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it's still a proactive, intentional approach when you say I do business by referral. We're not saying word of mouth business. We're not saying, oh, let's hope and pray that you come back to me after I helped you out. You're saying, what am I doing to systematically stay in touch with someone to cause them to see value and send referrals my way? I'm going to be asking for business, of course, um, right? And so it's it's don't roll your eyes when you hear someone say I do business by referral. You say, what does that mean to you, right? What does that mean to you? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually do, do something that I wasn't planning on doing, but this just popped into my head. Sure. So um, uh, I've been kind of following different collectibles and stuff for years because I like to collect a bunch of stuff. Renee will attest to that. I've got a <laughs> room full of junk. <laughs> but, uh, but occasionally things pop up that interest me. And um, one of these things uh, popped up on the Bradford Exchange on my Facebook feed because I love the Seahawks, right? And so these little, um, what are they called? Precious Those moments. Precious moment figures with the Seahawks popped up on my, on my feed. And so I, I, of course, clicked on it. And lo and behold, it, it was not something that I really wanted, but it was cool. It was cool, but I didn't want it, right? Fast forward, another month goes by. Renee's birthday is coming up. And they, from their little metrics of knowing that I clicked on that thing, right? They stayed in touch with me. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's like I got into their database secretly they reached out to me via a Facebook sponsored post, right? It showed up my feed. With some suggestions. With some suggestions because they, they somehow knew, I guess, uh, that I would find the perfect precious moments thing that I ended up buying for Renee. That wasn't Seahawks, by the way. It was actually, it was actually <laughs> but very, cute. Yeah. Well, uh, the Seahawks one was cute too. By it the way. was. No, I know. But. but no. And I just opened that today and that added value, right? And it wasn't something where he felt spammed. He chose to interact with that and then was able to provide a beautiful gift. Yeah. And that I wouldn't have other otherwise, you know, so don't underestimate everything that we're sharing here, I guess is the point. So, <laughs> well, and so once you get your, your mind in the right spot, Scott was already talking about kind of where and how do you meet these people? Right. And he mentioned the don't overthink, or we mentioned the don't overthink it, you know, think about the relationship. And he mentioned the hairstylist the uh, retail worker and the stay-at-home mom, right? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes we overthink where we meet people. You meet people everywhere. There are not too many days that you leave your home that you don't run into someone you have never met before, right? And so it's really changing that mindset of, hey, could I strike up a conversation with these people? Scott did a great job of this. We'd go through a, a coffee stand in the morning, um, you know, they're making small talk. Hey, what are you heading off to today? Yeah. And, and I, would, I would literally, instead of just saying, oh, you know, my day is going good or yep, heading to the office. Instead of saying that, I would say, yep, hoping to sell another home today. You know, something that would spark them to know that I sold homes, Right. And then if they interacted with that, I would literally capture their information and add them to my database. Yeah. 
How'd you do that? Like, what'd you do to capture the information? What does that even mean? So I kind of build a relationship as I'm going through the latte stand day after day, right? I already know the people that are in there working. And so at some point when I can tell that that relationship has built up, I would actually ask them like, hey, you know, occasionally I do come across valuable real estate related information. Is it okay if I send that to you? And rarely do I have somebody say no. Mm -hmm. And so they say yes. And then I say, great, what's the best place that I can send that to? Typically, I'll get an email address or a mailing address, you know? And by the way, if you're asking for an address, ask for a mailing address because you're more likely to get it versus a home address. So even though the the mailing address might be the home address, but just use that word mailing address. Perfect. Well, and when you are, are going to go meet people, it can be just that easy. But I like that you pointed out having a little emotional intelligence in that conversation, right? If he went through that coffee stand and asked for a home address of someone the very first time you went through, they'd, they'd probably go stalker and not talk with him or integrate. Yeah. But, so you have to kind of feel out that conversation. Could be different than if you're being introduced to, you know, your sister's neighbor um, than a, a complete stranger. So you got to have a little little uh, um, thought to that. Yeah, and, and I just want to say this because I, I hear this a lot that I say, how many people in your database? And somebody says 20 or mm. 30. And I said, no, no, no. I want you to go through and think of everybody that you know and write down their name and then come back to me you know, in a few days. And we come back and it's like, yeah, uh, I got it up to 35. Come on, man. Seriously. I, you know more than 35 people. What that person is doing, or if it's you, what you're doing is what we talked about already, right? You're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. Mm-hmm. You're putting some limiting beliefs like, I want to put my, my Uncle Todd in there. Oh, no, because Uncle Todd, I think Uncle Todd knows a realtor. No, he probably shouldn't go in there. Yeah. Or, or my Aunt Betty. No, because she lives, she lives in Texas, and I don't work in Texas. So guess what? She can still refer you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, it's, you're overthinking it. Yeah. So yeah, start, start thinking it oh, less less overthought on it, right? Because then you're going to develop these relationships and then you'll, you'll be able to qualify them. You'll say, oh, maybe, was it Betty? My yeah, Aunt Betty. Yeah, Aunt Betty in uh, Texas. So maybe my Aunt <laughs> Betty sends you know, business all the time. And so I make sure I have a great referral partner in Texas. So they're ready to go for her and her, her referrals. Um, but uncle, I forget the one that was local. Todd. <laughs> Uncle Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Todd uh, never sends me anyone. So I'm going to still stay in touch with him, but I'm probably going to have a deeper relationship with Aunt Betty. And you don't know who those people are going to be. You're going to try and guess and make assumptions and qualify. And so that's your first step, right? Is you're not even starting to talk to them because you're already making judgments or assessments about them. And then once you're in your database, you might make a judgment and or assessment about them then. But truly, until you've invested time in the relationship, you have no idea of the other person's interest in building the relationship back. Yeah. And here's something that just popped into my head too. You know, that person that said, I've got 30, okay, I got up to 35 people, right? They also could, it also could be that, that in their mind, they're thinking they can't put somebody down on that list if they don't have all the contact information, mm-hmm. right? That, would, that, that, the, that the CRM is asking for. And that I never looked at it that way. I looked at it as if I had a first name, literally, if that's all I knew. So I'm driving through, let's go back to the latte stand. I'm driving through the latte stand. I meet somebody there that makes my drink every morning, right? And let's say her name is Mary. And so I just put Mary's name in my database, Mary Barista. Her last name's Barista for now. That's literally, that's, that's how I yeah, did it. Yeah. I'm serious, yeah. right? And so now I'm up to 36 people. See how that works? Yeah. Now in time, 
as, as Renee pointed out, I will build that relationship with that person. I'll yeah. bring by some little gifts. I'll, I'll, I'll build the trust. And then eventually I will say what I said earlier, you know, do you mind if I send you that stuff? What's the best place to send it to? Boom. Now I have an email. Um, so I'm going to throw out another thing. I mean, you said, do I, can I stay in touch? Where's the best place to send my stuff, right? Do you have a system to provide value? Because sometimes that's a hurdle we have. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to ask someone to be in my database? What's in it for them? I always think about the WIFM, what's in it for me, but for the client, right? So what's in it for them? You got to have something that you're adding a value, and some examples could be maybe you do a regular newsletter. Maybe it's a mailed one. Maybe it's an info or e-newsletter. Cool. Maybe you have a, a vendor list, right? You know, when you're looking for a great plumber, I got one for you. I'm going to be your, your Angie's list. I don't know if Angie's list still around. Your Angie's, your local yeah. Angie's list. Um, maybe you're offering that personal consultation time. I'll review your portfolio. I'll help you understand uh, how to achieve your goals, right? So think about what's your system to provide value, and that can also help our confidence in uh, in that conversation when we're adding someone to our database. Yeah, here's a here's a few other things, ideas for like you know if you're thinking about how do I stay in touch with them, what what would be some value pieces besides what Renee just shared? Sure. Updates on market, right? Mm, Everybody yep. wants to know uh, how much is my home worth, or or what's going on in the market. What are the what is the data? What's the stats going right? So that's a huge one. Um, updates on rates. People always want to know too, like, okay, if I sold this home and wanted to buy something different, what are the rates looking like right now? Or I don't own a home right now and I'm thinking about buying one. What are the rates looking like? So that's a good one. Home, uh, a credit repair could be a good one. Sure. Um, uh, interest rates we already talked about and yeah. then remodeling ideas, right? What, what I love this one because people always want to know, Hey, I'm thinking about remodeling my kitchen, but what kind of return on that investment can I get? Imagine if you send something out with that. That's huge, right? And I am going to come back to don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. If you overthink and try to perfect something and then you're inconsistent, I would rather have a consistent system than a perfect system. And then you can perfect it over time. But if you wait to take action till it's a a thousand percent perfect in your mind, you're going to fail to take action. Where I see this the most often is people saying, oh, I don't want generic information in my newsletter or I need an eight page newsletter. Start with one sided. Deliver on one side consistently all the time. If you're creating your own material, start with, you know, maybe some more basic material that's not taking you as long to pull together. Still has value, but that consistency is key. Um, a really small idea in everyone, if someone is a homeowner or maybe has a neighborhood they're interested in, you can set up a search in your MLS that emails them with your contact information on it. Hey, maybe this is your script. Hey, Scott, are you a nosy neighbor? You want to know what's going on in your neighborhood? I could set up a search, make sure you get alerted whenever a property comes on the market, what mm. it's listed at with photos. Would you find that valuable? Heck yeah. Nice. I want to know what's going on with my neighbors, right? <laughs> so th- it doesn't have to be hard, but you have to have something that someone would care about to offer them, right? Yeah. And, and it's got to be consistent. You know, we can't just, if it's going to take you time to send out, I, I've seen agents all too often say, I want to send out something localized that's super professional and has my personal stamp on it. And they struggle to get that out timely. And it only goes out maybe once a quarter or once every four months. And that's not frequent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the data shows us, uh, by the way, 33 touches is the exact Ideal. 
number that people have run on how often you need to stay in front of your stay in flow, we say, with your database in order to get them to refer you. That's a lot of different touches throughout the year. But I was just going to throw this out there too. Most CRMs have some sort of drip campaign. So let's start just Mm -hmm. basic. Nothing is even getting mailed. Okay. At a minimum, most CRMs, Outbound Engine, Bouge, Referral Maker, um, BombBomb has consistent professional monthly like newsletters that can be sent out electronically to emails, right? Yep. Why would I want to compete against a big company's like giant marketing department where they have people that are professionally designing these things, right? And thinking of content. Yeah. Just send it out. Just send that out. If nothing else, use that at a minimum. Sure. And I kind of have a final thought myself, and then I'd love to hear what Scott's final thoughts are, but we could talk on this topic for hours, oh, by absolutely. the way, guarantee it. So we're just trying to give you a different perspective, fresh perspective on why you're building a database, how to really get going, get through those blocks. But I will say, build a habit, get consistent, just because this seems like a great place to put this in with the value. At first, just like anything else new you start, it's going to feel odd, uncomfortable, frustrating even. You're going to say, oh my gosh, I tried to get someone to add to my database today and I just didn't do it. I could not do it. I got shot down, rejected, whatever. Great. Don't stop. That's one day. You have to keep going if your whys mean something and it does get easier. Uh, A quote for you, world-renowned marketer Seth Godin, the difference between a mediocre player and a regional champion is not inborn talent. It's the ability to push through the moments where it's just easier to quit, mm. right? So no, this might not be easy. If any, anything that's new is not necessarily easy, doesn't mean it's going to be hard forever. It's just hard at first. So just push through that initial pain, get consistent with it. Scott, final thoughts? Yeah, couple couple of final thoughts. Sit down, go through this exercise, do yourself a favor, write down some limiting beliefs that you've had about databases in the past, Mm. and then rewrite them as unlimited beliefs like you heard us do earlier today, okay? So do that, and then my second tip is this. When I first got in the business, I was still fairly new to Washington State, and I truly did not know a lot of people in the area, and so I gave myself a goal to add five people a day, a day to my database. Now, if that's too aggressive for you, how about five a week? And don't, don't go to one a week, you guys. Seriously, you need to get fresh people into your database in order to grow responsibly over the years and to have a thriving business, right? So how about give yourself a goal of adding five people a day and then do proactive activities that will get you in front of people. I love those actions. So take action, right? The goal of any type of learning to really have personal growth is to go out and take action. So just encouraging you to do that today. Thank you for spending uh, your last half hour-ish with us. You've been listening to Turn the Dial. Please check us out on Facebook at Turn the Dial Podcast and Coaching. We would also love for you to rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you subscribe to this show. Until next time, thanks for listening.